welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm Petter and this is James. Hello! And today we are talking about the 18th volume of To Your Eternity. This book was indeed an arc ender, kind of like we were speculating about last time. Yeah. But it, it even though it is an arc ender and, and all that, it does still appear like the next following arc, which I guess we'll speculate on a little bit more later, but <laughs> it, it appears like that one's going to stay in at least this general time or this era, kind of, still. Yeah. Um, and so unlike the previous arc enders or whatever you want to call them, um, it's not necessarily moving ahead to a different age entirely. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's interesting and kind of fresh, I, I, I think. I do appreciate how this volume does give a conclusion to this arc but at the same time it was rather confusing <laughs> to follow everything that was going on in it uh from some of the fight scenes to some of the things that were said by certain characters it, it was just very i don't know hard to follow for me I, I, did you feel that way um i de i definitely felt that way my first time re reading it and I think, well, and and still to some extent, I think even now on my on my reread, but I I think it became a bit more clear to me on my reread, and I hope that maybe through our discussion today we can help each other understand it a little bit, uh, even more together, perhaps. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Let's dive right in then, starting with Fushi. So by now we've had plenty of time to process the previous volume. And there were there were some stuff happening at the very end of that one that we were a little bit confused by and didn't, didn't fully understand reasonings and and uh, why certain characters acted in certain ways. It's like at the very very end of volume seventeen. Mm. But the knocker inside of Izumi apparently truly loved Mizuha's father. At least that's my mm. takeaway. Like it didn't love the knocker in Mizuha's father. It loved. Mizuha's father, just like the real uh, Izumi had done before the, that knocker took over co completely. At least, yeah, that's how I interpreted that, which is really a fascinating idea, like thing that I hadn't considered, uh, like last time when we were talking about um, Volume Seventeen, and I think that whole idea, the fact that a knocker can love a human. I think was a huge contributing factor to to Fushi for him to learn that not all knockers are the same, hmm. which was something that he at least said that he had understood in this volume here, which initially I I didn't really get it or I didn't understand where he had gotten that kind of I guess wisdom from, but then I realized it was that there there was that part and there was also I guess in the moment he was talking to this. Um, the knocker inside of Mizuha's grandfather, right? Oh, who, it was a grandfather? I, oh, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Um, who had been very keen on, you know, keeping the children safe and everything. Like, that, that knocker mm -hmm. was also not an, right. not a villain, <laughs> kind of like some of the other knockers have been. But even in previous volumes, we've had... Uh, I can't remember everybody's names. It's been so long. Mm. What's-her-name had a knocker inside of her? Oh, Mimori? Mimori. Mimori had a knocker inside of her that was terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the knocker that was inside... Um, Funa. Funa mm. ended up being somewhat decent. Although I, I guess... I think she, 
she ended up trying to attack the beholder i think right wasn't that a uh, or... there was that too yeah however still it uh, th- th- that is still a good example of knockers being right. different from each other yeah so i think that's something he had learned but i but i also mm. think you're right that definitely seeing izumi's knocker react in that way it definitely mm. uh was was a surprise to fushi right for sure so I agree with you that I, I I think it's pretty evident that she loved uh, Gudu and probably also loved Mizuha. Like those feelings yeah. probably weren't there at first, but they just grew over time. And as you said, it shows that knockers just uh, are different. But I also think, you know, it shows that the five are not, or at least the five that are, that make the knockers are not necessarily stuck on this mission like the, for sure they they have a purpose for why they're there but i think they can get caught up in the joys of life as well mm-hmm. uh so but anyway the fact that you mentioned izumi just made me want to talk about that real quick absolutely yeah yeah and i think in general it's it's thanks to them in present day actually inhabiting human bodies that i i think that helps them i guess empathize and become more compassionate which yeah. we never saw any knockers like that in the past where they were never inside of human bodies in that kind of a way. Right, right. Uh, so I, I believe that's a part of why they have, or why some of them have become more, I guess, friendly or, or at least understandable or whatever you want to say. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think we'll talk about that more a little bit later. Yes, we definitely will. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, about Fushi... I love how he he was really embracing uh, Yuki's pacifistic approach in this volume, uh, yeah. especially in the first like early kind of confrontation with the um, with the knocker that was in in Mizuha's dad, mm-hmm. where he didn't fight back whatsoever, mm-hmm. and uh, and then later on in the battle with Mizuha's knocker at the end, toward the end he 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 kind of was fighting kind of for real kind of against her but yeah for for mm-hmm. quite a long time he wasn't actually really fighting her he was mostly kind uh, kind of trying to just kind of capture her in a way right um yeah. so for, for for to a large extent he he really was kind of using that pacifistic thing right mm. mindset yeah yeah no i like it mm. it's kind of a, a new approach that he's taking um mm. with the knockers uh, and I'm very interested to see going forward if that will actually make a difference in the end. Mm. I think that fight with Mizuha's knocker is one of the best fights in this manga. In a manga that's not necessarily known for its fight scenes, but yes, there are confrontations and conflicts and whatnot, but they're not usually like jam-packed fighting scenes, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But this one, I think this one was just so... Uh, incredible to to watch it, it i don't think it was too hard to follow but uh it, it was definitely a lot to take in yeah no it was awesome the action as you said was 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 great and yeah my the highlight for me personally was seeing how well when fushi took the shape of of kaku yeah like that yeah. moment oh my goodness it got me really emotional because i never expect i, I never thought that fushi would ever take the form of anyone from hayase's like out of hayase's descend- descendants right but to see him take the form of of, of kahaku and and not not just to take his form mm-hmm. but also to say don't insult my comrade yeah like yeah. oh it really 
like for anyone who hadn't who or who didn't know or hadn't understand or who didn't want to accept it like they were comrades and mm-hmm. F- fushi thinks of him that way and i i love i love to actually have that like in black and white kind of to know that for 100% certain it really warmed my heart to see that <laughs> yeah it did kind of feel justice was was given to kahaku in a way yeah and his character <laughs> I have to wonder why, what made him accept Kahaku all of a sudden? Or I guess he had been holding on to it for a while, but I mean, is it that he just had never used it just because he was saving it kind of a situation? Or did he come to grips and almost like forgiveness to Hayase's line uh, because of his interaction with Mizuha? I don't know. Do you have a thought on that? I hadn't really thought about it specifically. I mean, I think in general he has. I mean that that fam like yeah that that family line is troublesome, you know, and yeah he has mm-hmm. a, a a difficult kind of relationship to them in general. So in that sense, I can understand why he wouldn't. Like, I I would totally understand if he wouldn't want to take the shape of anyone including Kahaku from that line, just because mm-hmm. of maybe the memories that it would bring back or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's had those kind of violent reactions when even Kahaku just touched him. At least that was, that was when he was Perona, but uh, still. It, right, and that was also earlier on in their time of knowing each other. True, that was earlier on in their time knowing each That's fair. I guess I was just wondering if there was some sort of growth or change in Fushi, maybe not right there at that moment, but a little bit beforehand or during this time that we see him maybe forgive that clan. Um, or maybe he had always forgiven Kahaku and just, just mm-hmm. keeping it for the right moment for whatever reason. I think it's more somewhat at least along those lines. Because I, I, I believe even back during the Renriel days and at the end of that arc, I think by then mm-hmm. they were on... Well, maybe not the best of terms ever, but you know they they were they were not enemies or anything, and and uh, you know Fushi could have killed the knocker in Kahaku's arm, but he didn't because he respected the fact that that the knocker was part of who Kahaku was, and he he wouldn't want to kind of take that away from Kahaku. So I think that that kind of level of respect and kind of well camaraderie was there even before this arc. But still, it's still a complicated relationship in some aspects. So I, I still right. kind of understand why he may not have taken this shape until now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he necessarily thought Kahaku as an enemy, like Kahaku himself, but just the complications with that line yeah. would maybe make him hesitant. But maybe I'm just, maybe I am totally overthinking this, uh, you know, and him bringing that back was just a sign that. He'd always had him. He just never wanted to use him at the at that time, at, at any other time. Uh, right, and actually, to be fair, after the battle in Renriel, Fushi, you know, went into well, I guess you could call it meditation or whatever you want to say, um, uh-huh. and f- for hundreds of years, it was some time after that that Kahaku died, and when and the, and then Fushi woke up in present day, and it hasn't been all that long since then. So he hasn't had all that much time to actually take Kahaku's shape, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. 
I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, so maybe, yeah. So maybe he ha- did have it all along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Fushi was fully prepared to let the knocker reside inside of him. Yeah. At the kind of climax of that uh, encounter. And I, I'm so curious about what would have happened if it actually had happened, you know? If, if the knocker had entered into Fushi's body. And now I'm kind of wishing that we will get to see that happen later in the story. Like maybe in the next arc, I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah, what would happen with that? I mean, <sighs> does that imply that he would take on not just that knocker, but all the knockers so that they can live eternally but 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 isn't life suffering for them i don't i don't get it i don't understand <laughs> i mean i i think the knockers um well they, they want to eliminate fushi you know so their their reason yeah. for wanting to enter his body would be to find the source of his life his core the knockers I, i'm not too at least in this part i'm not confused about it's mm-hmm. fushi's wanting to take it in is like why uh, other than it being kind of an interesting uh, parallel with how Kahaku took on the knocker. True. Life. Well, yeah, there's that. I The way I saw it, though, was like that he thought that if he could contain it within himself, then it wouldn't cause harm anywhere else. But it was a... Well, it didn't end, end up happening, but it would have been a gamble because he didn't know if he could kind of contain it or not or, like, control it or not. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, this is Fushi we're talking about. He's not going to be thinking too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but I guess, I guess my thought is just more so for the story in general. If that does happen, like, what, mm. what is the point? You know, what, uh, where do we go from here? Kind of, if he takes on that knocker, like, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it would end up, end up serving, like, a similar function as when Kahaku was around, we had one of the protagonists with the knocker inside of him. Mm-hmm. And I guess it could be similar, except this time it's Fuji himself who has it. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Mizuha had, and they all had knockers inside. A lot of them had knockers inside uh, of them. That's true. Arc. That, that <laughs> is true. This arc has been a lot about that. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, maybe there is some sort of deeper communication that Fushi can have with the knocker. Oh yeah. But that could be interesting. That's just one knocker though. Uh, and indeed. they may and they may have like the communication thing going on, but as we've established in our in just a few minutes ago, all the knockers are different, especially now. Mm-hmm. They are taking on these different seemingly different personalities. Yeah. So just having one is not gonna necessarily control the others or No for sure. Maybe make it so that you can understand all the others either. So I don't, uh, yeah, it's it's a little confusing. (laughs) I think at best, Fushi may be able to kind of learn to communicate with knockers more efficiently, perhaps. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, that, yeah, okay. But that that is maybe just like wishful thinking. (laughs) I don't know. That'd be cool. But but to be fair, like this arc has been a lot about wanting to find a way to communicate and, and understand both sides, kind of. Yeah, I, we haven't really gotten there yet, but it's been something that I, right. I, I believe it's still building toward. Yep. So kind of furthering that ability to understand each other in some way could be great. I agree. Uh, so after that interaction, 
Bone and Fushi end up meeting up, and he says that Fushi says that he wasn't able to do it. He couldn't pull it off. Mm. He says, "I couldn't start over again." What? Yeah. What? What? What does that mean? <laughs> like, now I I wondered if starting over does it you know lose all lose all of his people in the process all the all the vessels he has in the process does does start over mean you know ah, we got on the wrong foot hi i'm fushi you know like <laughs> that kind of start over i i don't know i don't know how to interpret this maybe if i had the japanese uh, i'd be able to understand clear but hmm. petter help me what does I, this mean i can't help you with this one dang it <laughs> i wish i could uh yeah i yeah, I'm also kind of stumped by that one. I don't know, maybe you were onto something, though, with uh, either of your two options there, but I don't know. I really, really don't know. <laughs> yeah. If anyone listening has any idea, please reach out to us either in, in the YouTube comments or on our Discord server. Please, uh, I, is, I love to hear it. Uh, this or, or anything in general, yeah, you know. Yes. Always fun to hear other people's takes on different things like this. But yeah, this one, especially since we're both quite stumped, stumped on it, um, would be fun to hear an explanation. <laughs> I think of the two, even though I kind of made it off as a joke, I actually think that may be the the thing he's talking about because we were talking about relation and connecting and maybe it is all just this, or Fushi wants to believe is just a misunderstanding that they can eventually see eye to eye. Right. And maybe he just wants to start over their relationship. Yeah. Would, would be nice. But, um, uh, the last thing I got here on Fushi is um, near the very end of this arc here, I believe Fushi has, has finally understood the importance of talking to his friends and allowing his friends to help him. Yeah. Like, because yeah. that's really been his struggle, more or less, throughout this entire arc. And, and now I, I really believe that he has, he has learned this lesson. And right. um, I think... <laughs> I think with with that, I think he's going to, well, hopefully carry this wisdom with him into the future arcs and involve his friends more than he did during this arc. At the very least, he can't hide the fact that knockers are still around. That's true. That That's one big thing. <laughs> Which was kind of the secret he was trying to, you know, keep him away from. Mm -hmm. But you're right. At this point, surely he's learned that he's he needs to rely on these comrades that he's brought back. It's okay to interrupt their their living they're they're here for fushi really along with you know having their own lives of course yes and yeah i think i think having learned that lesson like having that wisdom with him now is one of the biggest wins of this volume uh, because ultimately this volume didn't give us a lot of wins but this was this, this was a win <laughs> <laughs> yeah feels, yeah it kind of feels like a lot of draws yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Fushi brings back Mizuha's family. Yes, they're all alive again. Supposedly knocker free. So uh, right, cool. I guess that's awesome. So I, I think it's just, I, I guess Fushi had always been willing to bring back Mizuha's mother. I, I think this kind of go connects to my Kahaku point in that he's not unwilling to bring back that that line hayase line uh, yeah. you know he he's able to or he's willing to do that now it's almost as if he's forgiven or realizes that they're different people which they which makes sense as well 
anyway, <laughs> that it, it's just a thought that I that I had. Yeah. In some way, I thought it was uh, important growth for him, but I I could just be uh, reaching or reading too much into it. Yeah. No, but that is that is interesting. Actually, that's something I hadn't really thought about because before this arc, all of the characters from Hayase's line that we had met were all characters that had had or or that that had Hayase's specific phi in them. Uh-huh. Which was or which is a phi that somehow for whatever reason reincarnates in like within that line or within that family. Mhm. I guess I just always assumed that it was impossible for Fushi to reincarnate or or to bring back someone to life with that phi because that phi wouldn't be around to go back into its body rather it would ah it would reincarnate into a new baby of that line right was my right. thought so right that makes me now kind of question how it was or why or how it was possible for him to bring Mizuha back to life since she has that special phi well i think this connects perfectly into Mizuha's section if we if you're if you're cool to move on to that uh, yeah yeah let's let's do that let's let, let's let's move on to Mizuha yeah so i i think this volume indicates that at least to me the cycle of reincarnation is done of Hayase's phi i think cuz she has this paradise dream you know of of her family being together she has a baby that probably looks like fushi i think there was a it didn't have white hair i think so i think there was implication that it could have been Fushi's child. Yeah. And then you have the entire Hayase line basically around her, congratulating her in a way. Yeah. And to me, that kind of signifies that it ended there. Interesting. Uh, because again, she didn't have a child. Uh, no, no, of course. Yeah, that, that was because, well, because when I read that, I just read that as, well, like it's Mizuha's paradise. Right. Which, which it was. It was. Right. It was. But, but yeah, that's a really interesting like additional layer to read it as but instead of living in that paradise she decided to keep on going and stay and stay on earth and that's how she was obviously able to uh come back mm-hmm. into the body provided by fushi so to me that that means that it, it would have been cut off but i guess now that, now that i think about it just because she's brought back to to life doesn't mean she couldn't die and then reincarnate again potentially so maybe maybe my point is mute mm. there, but but I think it's it's still Hayase's phi, right? Uh, I mean, it's got to be. I don't. I I believe if yeah, she wouldn't be the same person if it wasn't the same phi. I... So in some cases, I other than I other than Fushi uh, acknowledging that Mizuha is a a different person, he's kind of forgiven Hayase then. You mean by reviving or bringing back someone with this, with high satisfy? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Again, I maybe I'm reading too much into it. It just he had such a he had such a traumatic experience with that phi. Yeah. Um, to him to be able to acknowledge that this is a different person, I think is uh, pretty good for him. Uh, yeah, that that is good, and and it's fair. I think it's only fair because it has also been established, and I believe Fushi is aware of the fact that when a Fi is reborn, it while while it can maintain some some wants or goals, it it is not the same 
person. Right, but he has had those Hayase feelings from Mizuha. That's true. In, in this arc. Yes, even in this volume, there were some uh, some things that alluded <laughs> to some Hayase stuff. Um, that is true. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that that was just a something I I thought that the volume was, I I thought it was confirming, but now that I talk it out, maybe it's not so mm. much confirming the end of that reincarnation, but it does kind of feel like a forgiveness, if you will. But I mean, if Fushi were to have Mizuha's child, then I guess for sure the reincarnation <laughs> would be done. <laughs> but yeah. But I don't know. I almost feel like having that paradise moment is closure because none of the other ones. Well, maybe they did have paradise. We don't know. We never got to see. But they all get reincarnated. There's a lot of like mystery surrounding that whole reincarnation system or whatever. True. Um, there, there's a lot that we don't know. Uh, that said, though, I really like your your speculations there around like about the potential end of the reincarnation cycle, as well as, well, yeah, your your ideas of uh, Fushi forgiving Hayase in some in some way. Like, I, I I definitely like those. I well, thank you. I don't know if they we were supposed to read it that way necessarily, right? right. <laughs> but I I still I like I like them. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, picking up. At the cliffhanger that the previous book left us with. Yeah. That quite literal cliffhanger. Uh, it looked, or it really looked, like Mizuha actually wanted to live in that moment. Because she was raising her other hand to kind of grab onto her, her friends right before the knocker caused her to fall. Which I thought was a pretty big moment for her. Because she's obviously been rather suicidal, or at least had suicidal thoughts earlier in the arc. And now she wants to live. And I thought there was another thing. Well, and yeah, and as we were talking about before, about her fight actually remaining is another sign pointing toward the fact that Mizuha wants to live. Right. She doesn't want to just end it all and go to paradise. She, she wants to stick around. Um, and I think, yeah, I don't know. That, 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 that was something that, that made me really happy to, to see. Yeah, I, I think it was, yeah, really great to, to see that. And... Not just her, but her entire family together. Right. Yes, and her mom. Like we talked about last time, the potential possibility of her mom having left. I told you she didn't leave. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... I, I was glad to see that she was still around as well. <laughs> yeah, it would, have been, it would have been really, really sad if she had left for paradise. Yeah. By the way, speaking of uh, Mizuha, and I believe... Yeah, 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 it was for her mom as well. Um, it was especially in the beginning of this volume, uh, during the scenes where, after Mizuha had fallen off the, the, the cliff and died, and she was with her mother, the wrinkles on their clothes looked like knocker veins to me. Mm. And there, it, it kind of came back in some other scene as well, like in, in this, I don't know what to call it, but like in, in the panels where Mizuha was dead and and like her real body was was completely controlled by the knocker but when when you saw mizuha like the real mizuha's representation or whatever you want to want to say uh, the clothes had these wrinkles that looked a lot like 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 knocker veins and i i don't know, I, I don't i don't remember having seen that kind of a visual detail before but i, I thought it was a nice little little thing now now i i do think their their clothes are made of skin wasn't that the 
Isn't that the thing? Or was it just Mizaha's clothes? I don't remember. I think that was the comment from Fushi um, as kind of a, a sly remark saying that the, the flesh, like you're just referring to Mizuha's body as the knocker's clothes. Mm. But yeah, by the very end of the story, as, as we have stated, Misa does come back to life and I'm quite sure that she is completely knocker free. I mean, she was made by Fushi. Uh, like this, this new her was made by Fushi. And with that in mind, unless a new knocker has crept in, in, inside of her already, which I kind of doubt, then yeah, she, she definitely should be knocker free now. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! At long last. And I'm, I'm honestly really looking forward to just kind of seeing more of her in the, at the start of the next arc. Since for, so, for such a big part of this arc, she was under the influence of the knocker. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it was hard to tell if she was or wasn't. Right. Yeah, this arc, man. Which made it confusing and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but starting next arc, supposedly, it will be 100% Mizuha. And it's going to be nice to just, I guess, get to know the real her. Yeah, and get to know get to know the her that's not as dissatisfied with life. I, I mean, I'm not saying that she won't have any hardships or anything like that. But she's definitely in a better place than she was before the knocker really started to take control. Yeah, right. I think so as well. I mentioned... I can't remember exactly which volume discussion it was, but a few discussions back, I, I reckon, the idea that the knockers, especially in this arc that has just uh, been, that they function as a kind of a metaphor for mental illness. Oh. And I think I think I still kind of stand by that, well, the, having the metaphor kind of work in that way, because it, it could mean now that, well, hopefully, that, that Mizuha is in a better place mentally and like that she's feeling better and is more well i guess on top of the situation and more in control of her of her life although you can't really get rid of mental illnesses right you can learn to deal with them and you can um you 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 can you can definitely recover yeah yeah and i think that's kind of what's happening here with mizuha yeah i agree i agree before she returns she sees uh, that scene with Yuki and her her knocker, and she's really like she's crying a lot. Mm. Can you explain to me why <laughs> why exactly was she so moved by that moment? Was it because that y- Yuki showed faith in the knocker? But why does she care? I I don't know what was so moving to her. I don't think it was necessarily about the knocker itself, but about about Yuki's faith in, I guess, the world at large, uh, kind of, I think, or at least uh, that's something that touched me. So I, I felt very much nearly teary eyed in that moment. And so I, I could totally buy her feeling that way for a similar reason. Huh. Okay. No, I, I, I think that's better than, than saying like, Oh, my friends care about me, or something like that. I mean, because they they do, mm. but like, yeah, that wasn't an instance of them caring about Misa. They were they were Yuki was caring about the knocker, uh, right? So I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I I couldn't I couldn't really understand it. But from a more broader sense, that Yuki's outlook on the world of 
coexistence and just you know good theme and his sacrifice i i guess mm. that could be pretty moving i think so let's move on to yuki aoki next one of the mvps in my opinion of this volume yeah yeah I, i'm hesitating to say like the number one but he's way up there for me uh, for this volume specifically at least so it's clear that that he values family a lot and he he's burdened by the fact that his parents never well that that, that never that they're never home and um he kind of compensate uh, compensates for that by always inviting you know a bunch of people to their home and stuff like that so in 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 the moment when Musa offers the glass of water one of the things that she says is that we drink it when we become family and i i think that that specific part really spoke to yuki because of his value or the way he values family of course i think the main oh. reason why he drank it like the the biggest reason uh, i definitely think still was because well he's so desperate to solve the knocker conflict without violence and and to understand each other and to get close to each other like that i think is still the main reason but that line about family i think contributed as well to to making him do what he did there yeah, I could see that. I definitely since we had a little bit of a a flashback to his relationship with his parents. Right, exactly. We uh, yeah, we were reminded of that here. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we had never really seen uh we had seen his parents, but not in not in this circumstance. Right. So precisely. I I li- I like that and I was but I was wondering exactly why now of all times, but I think that's a good connection. Mm. Uh that he heard the family you know, being becoming family and thought that was that's a great idea no hesitation yeah <laughs> like what what a reckless move that was uh yeah you know i i wonder i w- really wonder if his understanding his his pacifist route is a possible i i really do and i think before i i kind of thought he was fooling himself or I really wasn't grasping what Oima was trying to get at with with the with Yuki really, but in this moment in this volume, I mm. I feel like I'm a little bit more sold on and plus how how Fushi handled it oh. and and how he take takes in Yuki's mentality. But yeah, I'm a little more sold on the on the concept yeah. and think that it would be really interesting to see somehow knockers. And humans coexisting. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how it's possible if you can reach that that understanding. But Yuki definitely thinks so. Like no matter what, <laughs> he thinks it's possible. Yeah. And it does feel like we're starting to break the ice in in some categories with with the knockers. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, and maybe that is because they're inhabiting humans and starting to actually have. Uh, uh, you know, human emotions. Mm. But I, I wonder if it's possible. But then I, I also wonder, you can't change everybody's mindset. How do you stop the more antag- antagonistic ones? You know, I, I, I yeah. I mean, I, I guess there's always going to be antagonistic knockers in the same way that there's always going to be antagonistic humans as well. You know, like yeah, yeah. I thought that as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I'm also more and more seeing this as an actual possibility. And with this volume, it's not just this 
well, yeah, this possibility, but it's also Yuki's character just really grew on me in this volume, and I, I think I, right. I actually really appreciate his character now in a way that I didn't really to the same extent before. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Hmm. He, he had a lot more to do, and besides just being moral support, you know, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he I mean, and truly, that's. I, aside from being like a scout and and then support, being more support, he really didn't have much to do or say. It, even even with Musaha, he just hardly did anything. But yeah. here, it, it it felt like he actually had a role to play, mm-hmm. um, and I and I and I like that. Yeah, like for considering the amount of I guess panel time that he's had in this entire arc, right? He didn't really get. To actually shine until this final <laughs> volume of the arc. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I really liked the, like, the way he revealed to Mizuha's knocker that he knew that, well, that, that it wasn't the real Mizuha. He asked for the knocker's name. Yeah, that was interesting. Like, I never even thought about knockers having names before. <laughs> And it also goes to show just kind of his open-mindedness about, yeah, about all of that. It's beautiful. His character definitely got me really emotional. I, I think, I think after the Kahaku thing with Fushi, uh, this this moment with Yuki was probably the one that got me the second most emotional. Just this, really, this unwavering optimism and and pacifism, and dreams of diplomacy and mutual understanding. Like it's it's it, it's all of these really beautiful messages in this in this one little boy, and he mm-hmm. just undeniably believes in it all like to the bone. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it touched me as much. It's still a good message, and I like I said earlier, I am coming along into thinking like maybe that is the best way to go about things uh, with these knockers, but uh, it, it wasn't as emotional impact as maybe some other stories that we've read that deal with that same concept. And also this story in and of itself, I don't, I don't, I think there's far more emotional moments, at least for me. Absolutely. I I definitely do agree with that. Uh, This volume as a whole was not all that emotional for a two year eternity volume. (laughs) Um, that, 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 That is true. I definitely agree with you there. But do you think that Yuki has a knocker inside of him now or or not? Uh no. I I I'm sure they got it out of him. Either the man in, or the beholder or Suzaku whatever his name is got it out or they, they they were able to get it out of him. I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it feels yeah, it feels strange if they wouldn't or yeah. Because Fuji, well, Assuming Mizu had told the truth when she told Fushi that there was knocker in the water, then Fushi would know about it, and then he would be able to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Although, would he be able? To... Hmm. Well, I don't know if, if he specifically would, but Satoru would, I guess. Satoru would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless, unless the madman is like, no, nah, I'm gonna keep this one in my body, like. We're going to work it out, which I I wouldn't put it past the boy. I wouldn't put it past him. (laughs) That's 
That's funny. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm pretty sure they took it out of him. Yeah, no, you're right. It makes sense that they would. Anything else on Yuki? When he explains how he noticed it was the knocker and not Mizuha, was you know the the different hand. Right. Uh, I thought that was that was pretty pretty interesting way to be the the Mizuha simp that you are <laughs> uh, to know that that she's right-handed <laughs> yeah. um, it's in character <laughs> it's, a, it's in character mm-hmm. but yeah I, I didn't even notice that it reached out its left hand of, of all things so that was yeah. interesting and it's fitting since the left hand has always been the knocker hand or the knocker arm oh um, yeah good point ever I since think about that. yeah good point but uh, speaking of knockers, I guess moving on to talking about the knockers. Sure. So something that was sort of, well, discussed slightly was this idea that maybe knockers or at least knocker cores are somehow weak to high concentrations of salt. Right. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's really vague and like exactly how it works or why it works or anything like that it's all kind of mysterious why why even bring it up because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because also we it does seem like we said are we going to go down this pacifist route where we try to coexist with them then why do we need this new way to to hurt knockers unless yeah. uh, you know unless we get some pretty uh, angry ones then maybe i guess maybe that would help but still it's like Mm-hmm. Why now? <laughs> yeah. Why are we understanding this now? <laughs> True. <laughs> hmm. Did no one have barrels of salt to throw? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It wasn't, I don't know, was it not high concentrated enough? I mean, I, I feel like it would have been. Because um, clearly they can swim in the ocean. Like, that's not an issue. But right. it's just a lot of salt. They, they freak out or they uh, burn up. Somehow, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the next arc has got to address that more, I feel like, somehow. In some way. Maybe, mm. maybe it won't be for a little bit, but right. who knows. Mm. I wonder if even Fushi recognizes that. Hmm. I, I guess it would only be Senna and Yuki who would would know, really. And maybe they'll bring it up to Fushi at some point. Uh, right. Precisely. I've always wondered if Mizaha's knocker, and maybe this has been confirmed earlier, so please help me remember, was the knocker that's always been with Hayase? And that's why the fight with Fushi was so significant, mm. especially in that knocker saying, I've always wanted to fight you. Yeah, I believe it was uh, confirmed in either the previous volume or the one before that, that it is okay. the same knocker. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. Well, there you go. But it, but again, I mean, it, it was cool to have like this knocker that has been really a thorn in Fushi's side for so long. <laughs> yeah, since to, the beginning, well, almost. Since the beginning, to have this climactic battle, and I guess you could say have a, a temporary end until it comes back. But it's also like the way it ends is almost a shame. Like. <laughs> we were starting to reach some sort of connection and then boom, it's gone. Yeah. It was very uh, sudden. <laughs> it, yeah. So as much as I, I would like to say, Oh, I'm so glad this knocker is gone. 
I, I'm kind of, uh, because of where it was going, I'm kind of disappointed. Not disappointed, but, you know, kind of uh, sad. You know, it's like, oh, dang mm. it. Right, yeah, it felt a bit anticlimactic. Yeah, a little bit anticlimactic. In a way that has me a bit torn. It's like... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did enjoy this volume as a whole. But I also would have wanted to see to have some more of what could have been, I guess. <laughs> right. But I, I respect the decisions here, and I'm sure that the next arc is going to deliver the things that I that have sure. that that this one has left me wanting, kind of. But uh, yeah, it felt like we were so close to getting this this answer, to getting this middle ground, some closure. Yeah. But then it it's just gone in an instant. Right. That was that was a bit, like you said, anticlimactic. Hmm. So, um, the knocker that's in, uh, or that was in Mizuha's dad, it said in, in, at one point during the early confrontation in this volume here, he said, such things are exactly what leads to unhappiness. Uh, and he said that after having kind of recalled some seemingly precious uh, memories with his family. Right. And, uh, and after he said that he ate some delicious soup that he even remarked that it was delicious. <laughs> and uh, that got me thinking that what he means is that by knowing happiness or by knowing what happiness is like, one feels unhappiness when happiness is, is not there. Mm. Uh, is my kind of the way I read him or, or the way I read his mindset, I guess. It's kind of like how, like similarly, how knockers in general, or at least many knockers have been or they have this dislike for for fleshy bodies since they make pain possible similarly according to Miso's dad's knocker happiness makes unhappiness possible mm, mm, mm. and i think that's yeah a similar thing or a similar kind of reason as to why he's opposing life but but he he's also well, it, it it's also kind of clear that he enjoys some of these aspects of life, I believe. Mm -hmm. But that that specific knocker became obviously hadn't really been a part of the story until this volume, no, at least not, not at all. like you know. <laughs> I mean, I guess he in, in at the end of the previous one he shot um, himself or his physical or he shot the real or he killed the real dad. Oh, did he do that? By by shooting. Well, it, it looked like he, he did, shot himself in the head. Or did or did Guru shoot himself in the head? Like the um, actual Oh person. I guess oh that's true. I guess we can't know for sure. Either yeah. way. <laughs> um Unless unless it was said here that I just totally missed uh, it, which I'm No, it, I don't think it was. I just assumed that it was the knocker, but it I, it that it definitely could have been suicide as well. I don't know. Either way though, uh this knocker has become really interesting and I expect to see more of this specific one uh, moving forward, or I hope to. Honestly, I hope to see m both this one and the one that's been in like all of the highest descendants. Um, yeah. Like both of these knockers are interesting. I wonder how we'll differentiate them. I guess they'll have to say, oh, it's me. <laughs> the one that was in this person. You know, I mean, speaking of like names for knockers, as we talked about before, I, what if they just got names? Like, Oh, that'd be interesting. That would be nice. That would be, yeah. But the knockers retreat at the end of the volume, or at least so this knocker says, claiming that the battle in the present is over. Right. And I wonder, I guess, how, how many years 
does it take for them to come back now? Um, I, I reckon, well, I guess, I guess we'll talk more about this in predictions, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand by a previous prediction about four or so years will pass. And then maybe, mm. maybe they'll come back then. Because honestly, because I, I believe the knockers, the, or the main thing, sure, Fushi is a threat to them. Um, and something that they can't, or they don't know at the moment exactly how to deal with. But I think they're even more kind of bothered by the Beholder. Like, as long as the Beholder's still around, they're, it, it's, it's really hard for the knockers to, to act or make any progress. But once the Beholder fades away, or stops existing as the Beholder, then I think the knockers can return and maybe they, they, they believe they'll stand a better chance then. And I believe that's four or so years from now that the Beholder will fully become Satoru. Mm, mm, mm. And, and we don't want that to happen, right? We don't want the knockers to have their way, right? Mm, no. I don't even know anymore, to be honest. Like, it's not so much that I am, you know, hating humanity or anything like that at all. It's just, I don't understand the conflict, like, meaning that we're getting to a point where knockers are supposed to be, they're supposed to understand knockers, but understanding knockers, does that mean that we just, everyone dies? (laughs) Like, did they have their way? I, I don't know. or, or I mean, it it doesn't seem like the both both sides can have what they want. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I see. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. But I, I don't want the I don't want the knockers just to be this. I mean, unless, unless it turns out that way, but to be this evil entity that they get rid of entirely. Um, I want there to be some sort of an actual understanding. Ideally, it would be that the knockers move on like they 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 don't they see the value in life and Mm. living and don't try to take away the flesh from people right but like you're saying with the beholder gone then they could have their way i don't know it Mm. i don't know i mean it doesn't seem like that's a middle ground uh, you know what i mean no for them to have their way for sure not but yeah i i guess before they can have their way we the yeah this this uh understanding needs to take place somehow but obviously that that's hard to to know how or or even to get to happen but if this understanding happens then they can't have their way well they they can if they want to but if if there is like a true understanding then maybe they won't want to I don't know. I, I'm thinking, because I, I agree with you, I don't want them to just all get, like, uh, like obliterated. Uh-huh. But also, as you said, I, I also don't want them to, to win, of course. And I think, kind of, the complexity of this conflict, again, going into, like, the metaphor about mental illness a little bit, mm. like, this complexity may mirror the fact that if if one is suffering from some kind of mental illness, you learn to live with the mental illness, and and you you learn methods to deal with it. But but it, it's it's about living with it in a healthy manner, and maybe somehow through understanding, the humans will be able to 
do that with the knockers in the future of the story. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I could be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah, it's just eh. this arc has brought in a very interesting idea that the the knockers can be reasoned with further than they have been before. Very, very uh, interesting. And it, I'd always just figured that they eventually would see the error of their ways and stop or you know the uh, fushi would stop them somehow hmm. but after this volume it, it's like the way she, the way she's leading the story i i'm not so sure and i hmm. i don't know if i like that or not like I, i'm excited uh. to see where it goes but i'm also like, unsure where she's going like i i'm i'm really quite confused um i'm hoping it satis- it has a satisfying conclusion eventually. I'm, I'm, and I, I have faith that, that there will be a satisfying conclusion. And I, I think, personally, I'm not, I'm not particularly bothered by the fact that things are confusing right now. Because I agree with you. I feel uh, rather similarly. But I'm... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm okay with it <laughs> right now. Mm. Uh, but but it, is, it is interesting. Because at uh, the, the previous times when we've ended like a major arc like this, it's... Both of the previous times, like at the end of Jananda and at the end of Renriel, it felt more final. It felt more like we knew where we were, kind of. Um, yep. We had we were kind of on top of the situation in, in in some sense. But yeah, that's definitely not the case right now, which makes this, I think, a really interesting and unique kind of yeah. arc shift or, you know. Cer- yeah, certainly unique, almost as if this really isn't the end of an arc. Like it, it, it is for sure the end of the arc. Like I, I don't doubt that, but <laughs> that this arc is extending, you know, almost in two parts in a way. Uh, right, precisely. Uh, um, which is actually another thing that I thought about um, because if you look at like the first major arc, which is from volume one to volume six, like the beginning of the story until basically the death of Piorin, that is one major arc you could say, but it's really consisting of several mini arcs like you had the boy in the in the snow you had uh march you had gugu and and reen and then you had tonari like there were a bunch of like smaller ones in in that one arc then the next six volumes after that that was more like one consistent story where you had bon and kahaku and everything going on during those six books Hmm. and now we've gone through yet another group of six volumes, which has also been one, one coherent kind of setting, but it's not even over yet. It's, it's continuing even, even further still. So it's like each setting or each set of protagonists get longer arcs at the further into the story we get <laughs> in, in in a sense it, it mm. feels like yeah um yeah. no i agree with that yeah but yeah. i'm i'm um I, I welcome that because i definitely feel like there's so much more to do in this current part of the story yeah i i'm still unsure where we'll be going exactly from here but i mean we'll again we'll talk about that in predictions but i i, I agree with you that uh it does seem like the focus is going to be st- stay here versus mm. going somewhere entirely somewhere else entirely uh before we move on i wanted to touch on the the paddle the battle in the present is over yeah. phrase 
which implies that to them they have an understanding of what era is considered past present and maybe even future now maybe i'm just reading it wrong and when they when they say battle in the present they just mean battle right now is over it's over mm-hmm. but to me the way he said it, it sounded like their concept of time is almost different of how people on earth feel time you know like a better word regularly um but for them time is an illusion for you know what i mean huh. like maybe they see the whole picture and they're picking points in which to attack where fushi is hmm. at that moment uh hmm. am i reading too much into this please tell me uh, i mean <laughs> <laughs> because it, it just seemed kind of it, it just seemed kind of strange that he would say it like that you know what i mean i don't know i didn't really think so but i mean hey it, it's it's interesting and it would be awesome if you're if you end up being right about this i i personally i don't, don't think i see much of a reason to think that but hey i don't know <laughs> i i could be wrong we're, we're still in the midst of things in the midst of our lives as well like that just okay that line that's fair hmm. that's what i mean like it seems like they know the end game that's fair hmm i wonder if that could have some or yeah because now 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 you now you reminded me of the um, the time when they they decided the time and place to battle fushi in renriel like yeah, yeah. They gave Fushi a year or so. Uh-huh. And 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 the city of Renriel for for the location. Although I think we I think it was I think it was safe to assume by the end of the Renriel arc that the reason why the the knockers did that was in order to to kind of push Fushi to his limits to the point where he couldn't no longer defend himself. Mm-hmm. When when Kahaku's knocker eventually kind of did him in. Mm-hmm. However, if it's somehow tied to kind of some ty- some type of omnipotence when it comes to time, uh, or or knowing the time at least, no knowing the future and whatever, that could be interesting as well. Yeah, and and to be fair, like going back and and reading it, like maybe the the whole time thing is is not quite accurate and maybe they're li- maybe he's he, guru's knocker is literally just saying yeah right now we're the the battle is done we'll get you next time maybe that is but it's the line with the we're still in the midst of things like that's the one that mm. gave me pause and i'm just unsure about that definitely fair but how do they know that the beholder uh won't be there anymore they you know what i mean like maybe they don't but it seems like that right now they can't do anything but in the future they're like okay we'll be ready i mean i get maybe you could just view it as either that they have like they know that they have time like they, they're uh-huh. not really in a rush anywhere and mm-hmm. either that they they expect things to maybe change in some sense at some point in the future however that may be and maybe maybe they'll have an easier time at some point in the future or they may, maybe they even know that the beholder will at some point vanish because they've been along or they've been around long enough that they maybe they witnessed the previous beholder before the current one so they've seen a previous cycle of all of this before maybe 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Because it doesn't seem like the Beholder really knew of them beforehand. So oh, yeah, these, that's true. these guys might be new to Fushi's, I guess, cycle. <laughs> you know? That's probably true. And actually, that, that also kind of makes sense considering that the knockers at the start of the manga were extremely primitive. Like, compared to, mm -hmm. obviously, compared to now, but even, well, comparing the Knockers' first appearance to the Knockers at, like, at the end of the Jananda arc, for example, they had evolved quite far, and they've been kind of evolving and adapting this entire time. Yeah. But they didn't, it didn't seem like they had done any kind of evolving or, or changing or anything like that when, when they were first introduced, because they were very, very just bare bones kind of at the start. Yeah. So yeah, they they may have just been very new to the world then. Right. Well, yeah. Maybe for some reason the Phi decided that okay, we're gonna do this. Uh, I don't know how it's gonna work, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, we're we're gonna stop this cycle. Right. And that's how it came to be. Maybe. 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 Uh, very very fun speculation. I, I'm glad we brought this up, even though yes, maybe some of what I said is a little ridiculous. But I I think. I'm glad we mentioned it. If it ends up being true, then it's going to be even more <laughs> I mean, even We'll more pat awesome. ourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted to touch real quick on Izumi's knocker and mm. that, that love thing, the concept that she had. And just that it makes me wonder if these Phi, when they get into the body and they experience these human emotions or you know, the, the feelings that they can't experience without a body, maybe they become attached to that and they forget well why they're there and they don't want that anymore and i don't know if that means izumi's knocker is never going to come back in some reincarnation so maybe she's going to stay in paradise or what that means really but yeah. I, I do find that that interesting that if the knockers don't i guess check themselves they are going to get caught up in that for sure right uh, and at that point they're mm -hmm. basically the same as humans more or less right you know? only difference being that they have a knocker core inside of their bodies i suppose yeah but but really yeah emotion wise i think it's entirely possible for them to really just be the same as us right so i i you know again i don't know how working together is gonna pan out with knockers and humanity to me it just seems like except the fact that you come and die <laughs> you, li you live and experience pain but also the joys in life yeah and then you'll be good to go but that maybe i'm being way too stubborn <laughs> <laughs> but mm. i don't know uh it, it'll be interesting to see going going forward for sure so Let's talk about Tonari a little bit next. Yeah, I didn't mention her at all yet. Yeah. She didn't have like a whole lot of like big character development or story, but nah. she had significant action scenes throughout this. Absolutely. Honestly, just the just the title of the first chapter of this volume, Arrows United, like it it, it managed to get me a little bit emotional just just the title itself uh, <laughs> because you know it, it it's recalling like you're the, very emotional reading motto. this volume <laughs> surprisingly um i mean it's, it wasn't like I, I didn't i didn't get like teary-eyed or anything but i i definitely felt oh, fair enough it, it pulled that pull at my heartstrings a little bit 
Um, okay. Because it was like this, because it, it was that that major thing back in the Jananda arc, and like this motto that that yeah yeah teamwork and and working together and all, and that's that was really one of the early kind of core traits of Tonari kind of or or wisdoms that kind of we got from her. <laughs> and I really think kind of that whole side of this volume like that that whole story at the school and that, that whole part was a lot about teamwork mm, true so I, I i i really enjoyed that um well i guess not just tonari but they all did the best they could in that situation you know thought on their feet and but yeah specifically tonari she she did amazing uh did get possessed did get a bit of blood on her in the end but still i commend her for being awesome <laughs> and being a chemist yeah being able to figure out what chemicals will work together like yeah that, that was that was very well done like i i didn't understand anything of what she was doing there but hey i guess it worked i mean something with breadcrumbs and <laughs> some something or other but yeah. did, did she use the kerosene i don't know like she thought about it i exactly. don't know if they, they didn't i don't know if they actually used it but i don't i, I, I guess yeah. i don't know i don't like, know exactly she definitely recalled it again and we discussed that coming back yes. into the story last time and i was like when when she recalled it here i was like okay awesome but then yeah i don't actually remember i don't her remember actually using it, it though <laughs> <laughs> it's like what that was a bit strange <laughs> maybe it was necessary for some of the chemist chem chemistry stuff she did with those yeah. uh bombs and flame stuff i mm. i mean the kind of water the kind of fire that isn't get put out by water would be would it be kerosene or oil i have I don't, no I don't idea know. i don't know <laughs> i'm far from a chemist <laughs> well yeah I'll, I'll i'll stop before i hurt myself <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, no, uh, it was a, a good breaking bad moment and uh <laughs> I, yeah it was it was nice to see but i was really upset that she ended up basically dying yeah <laughs> that was a that was a loss in this volume yeah even though, sure, she's she's around now, but she did die, and that is, I mean, e even though she doesn't make a big deal out of it, it is a big deal. Like, right. And I I totally felt for Fushi when he when he learned about that and and how how heartbroken he was over just that that fact. Honestly, in this arc, I think Oima has made death feel so much more heavy compared to how it was like by the end of the Renriel arc where you know the the three immortal warriors were just you know killed and resurrected like non-stop <laughs> shooting themselves in the head right yeah and and now i think i feel like the story is back ha has gone back to a to a way of making the deaths feel heavy even though we know that they can be brought back it's still right it's still big kind of it's in an interesting position where you can't really, unless Fushi loses his powers to do that, you can't really go back to the same death having the same significance as it did, you know, back in volume one and, you know, four and all those uh, really heartbreaking deaths. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think Oima is, like you said, taking a very interesting approach to how death is perceived, particularly by Fushi who, yeah. for all intents and purposes, could see death as nothing more than a condition rather than a loss, you know? Mm. Uh, 
a, a status where you just, you know, give them the right herbs and they're good to go. Right. You know, some video game logic, but, <laughs> um, but no, like Fushi was actually pretty upset, not just when he saw Tanati in the, in the volume, but in the middle, when the death did happen, he felt that mm-hmm. and you could tell that he was upset. So yeah, uh, I, I do like that. And interesting to see, well, I'm hoping in no more deaths, actually. <laughs> like, no more deaths until, you know, ripe old age. I, uh, that's another thing. How, how far is the story going? You know, they die of old age. Maybe, did they just get back, bring, <laughs> are they going to be brought back to life in the cycle? I don't, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. how this is going. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think next arc is going to have to deal with that since I, it lo- it's looking like the next arc is going to, well, it's not going to shift to a completely different era. Yeah. But, but um, you, but you have said in the past that you thought it would be cool if they went to like a future era, like not, not just yeah. four years in the future, but like decades. Yeah. <laughs> like almost like a science fiction kind of setting, I think would be cool. Uh-huh. It, obviously depending on what way my wants and, and like the plans and everything, but I, I, I could right. see that as an arc, maybe after the next one or something like that. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, really all I have on Tonati. Yeah. Well, I, before we move on to the next character, I wanted to add about well the whole weight of of the deaths and and whatnot. That while it is awesome that Oima has found a way to make them make deaths kind of feel like they matter again, we also got to consider that Fushi can't bring anyone back to life since some fi go directly to paradise and oh, those good point they, they can never be brought back so some deaths are permanent and i guess you can never really know who i i mean yeah any any one of those wait is 11 12 any one of his friends could just suddenly say yeah i'm i'm done fushi i'm not coming back right uh, oh that would be that would be, that would be heavy. pretty emotional yeah like what if oh man what if Gugu was the one to do that? It's like <laughs> I I just I you know being in Takunaha. Yeah, gosh where is he from? Ta- yeah Takunaha is is great and all but I can't live without Nin anymore. I gotta <laughs> I gotta go back. I gotta go to my paradise. I mean that that would that would be that would be sad if it happened prematurely or I mean it would be especially sad if if it hadn't happened prematurely. It would also be kind of sad if. Let's say Gugu lives out his life in Takana, and it was just you know a satisfying life. He 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 was able to lead that satisfying long life, after mm-hmm. which he was done. You know, moving mm-hmm. on to paradise. That would be a bit nicer, but still but still sad. Yeah, right. No, I agree. Of all the people, I feel like Gugu might be the one to do that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, leave, leave his bro. Like, yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of sad. But also, he's had a rough life. They all have, but still. I yeah, know. I mean, I feel like I feel especially like out of his his like longtime comrades, kind of. I feel especially for Gugu and March because both of them lost someone super dear to them, someone that went immediately to paradise. Uh-huh. But they stayed behind. Like, Perona and, and Reen never came back. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad. Bro, what if we have some of these... 
So you know how Perona seems to be kind of reincarnated through Hana? Yeah, somehow, maybe. In a way? Mm. What if Reen also, right now, in this time, hmm. in Takunoha, and they meet up, <laughs> Gugu, and wouldn't that be great? Uh, maybe. But it'd be a different person. It would be, exactly right, it would be a different, but, but, but that means maybe nice. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> just a sporadic thought I had. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, well, actually, speaking a little bit of Hana, uh, let's talk a bit about her. At the end of the volume, she praised the teamwork that the girls had shown during the climax at the school. <laughs> and obviously yeah. that, that kind of gave way for a funny little little interaction or, or very, very, very brief. I, felt, I kind of felt thing. bad for Hana. Like, she was just trying to be friendly and then, you know, in a way and, and then yeah. you're just kind of like no 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 that's not how it went it's like what yeah but like and, and well actually uh to be fair Aiko had praised their teamwork as well during the event at the school um so Hana wasn't even the first one but she was the one who got flack for it <laughs> but um <sighs> poor Hana about those girls like that girl group I mean obviously their their teamwork was was fine teamwork they 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 met they got out of it all and it, it it worked out i think they're i think it's just a matter of time before they they'll be back to you know being on good terms again is is my feeling kind of about that i mean they're they're hanging out at this party at the end together and i think if they were on really bad terms they probably wouldn't yeah i mean i in the next arc they're going to admit that they're friends and everything's gonna be fine there i imagine it may not just be a an you know, admission that, oh, we're friends again. More so that it just happens. They just start hanging out again, you it, know? Right, right. But and I guess by admit, I mean more like, like admit to themselves, like be, um, ah. that that they are back on good terms, you know? Because right now they seem to be a bit in denial about it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Other characters, Aiko Aoki, it's kind of pointless, but I, I really love the moment when she came, like she, she swooped in with the umbrella to shield Tonari from the, from the attack. I know. I love that <laughs> moment too. Aiko just showed like how much of a boss she is. I can't <laughs> yeah. honestly. I I want to see not just four years in the future. I want to see like ten or twenty years in the future. See what what does Aiko become? Yeah. Like is she ruling the world? <laughs> yes, yeah, she must with be. a benevolent fist. You know. <laughs> I. I mean, I I I let her be my supreme overlord. I think it should be a wonderful ruler. Honestly. <laughs> She would be the best. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe you know, when, when the story moves into, like, the, the science fiction arc, uh, and Fushi brings her back into that, that era, and, she, and, like, at that point in time, she just becomes the ruler of Earth, because it's just, like, one ruler of the entire planet. Yeah. Mm, it, yeah. Like, no, no one else can do it as well as she. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Anyway, do you have any other character you want to talk about? Uh, just briefly, I want to comment on Satoru. That, that's the Beholder, right? Yes. Satoru. I, I just like how he's on his bike. He's like, <laughs> oh, good, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> Take it off his helmet. Just, you know, walks walks kind of slowly. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was quite comical. Uh, but also relief, like just in time. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, right. It's really funny. And he has like the, the training wheels on the bike as well. It's so cute right. and it's so it's so vastly different from how we're used to seeing him right 
<laughs> so true. Uh. So true. I mean, but it's also, I mean, this isn't the first time that he saved Fushi's friends. But this is a pretty big time and moment to do so. Where before he, I don't know, he may have not done anything. Mm. Either there is some sort of compassion that's brewing in him. Or he just understands that these people are very important to Fushi. Right. And his growth. Or maybe, maybe just, maybe just love. Maybe that could also be the fact that he is in a human body, that he's right. similar to the knockers, that he's also beginning to feel more and more of those feelings because of that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I, I believe, I believe it was mentioned, maybe I'm making, I'm making this up, but I, I have some kind of memory at least that it, he mentioned at some point earlier in the, in the arc that he is... Like it's it's not like a switch is being flipped like for him in his transition. Right. It is like a gradual thing. Yeah. So supposedly, yeah, it makes sense that he would kind of slowly but steadily start acting uh, more human, little by little. Hmm. I agree with that. Hmm. That's all I have. I think. Yeah. All right. That was all the characters. As I kind of touched on a little earlier, I feel like this volume. It did. It it didn't end in a true victory, so kind of like yeah. other arcs have have ended. Uh-huh. I don't know if it ended in a draw or if it ended in defeat, but it certainly wasn't a true victory at the very least. Like some big things, obviously, like the knockers got away, and um, Tonari died, as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just in general, it's uh, it had a feeling to it that just wasn't satisfying in the same way. I guess that we're used to. Yeah, I agree. Now to that ending's credit, we do have Mizaha and her family back. Yes. So that in a sense is a win, you know, not Absolutely. for free. Like that, that's a win. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you that there's wins and losses, you know, like it's not necessarily as big of a triumph or is it not not even that it's not a triumph compared to the other ending of the arcs yeah. you know it feels like i don't know they're, they're like there's more to be said and, and clearly there is so i yeah. guess we will see where that goes mm-hmm. but i i like i like this kind of fresh i guess take on an ending of such a major major kind of part like this personally that's fair. That's fair. It is. It is different from what we've experienced before. So, and I can appreciate that. But I gotta say, I, I don't know if I I like it as much, or even really like it that much, uh, <laughs> especially fair. compared to what we've experienced so far. I mean, I I'm so happy that Misaha and her family are here and together and seemingly mm. on great terms. Like, I'm so happy for that. But there's like so many so many other things that are just confusing and unaddressed and, and really just up in limbo that I, I can't be as satisfied as I was or, or as I feel like I should be with the uh, end of an arc. Fair. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of the point maybe about this end here. Mm, I, I don't think Oima is trying to satisfy us necessarily with this. No, I hope not. <laughs> uh, we, okay, well, all right. No, I, no, I mean, there's some... There, yeah, there's some things to be happy about, but yeah. Yeah, not, right, right. Um, but yeah, so about, I guess, our predictions, I believe this coming arc will feature a lot more cooperation between Fushi and his friends. 
he is uh, since he has or he ought to have learned by now the importance of that so he is going to involve them a lot more and he's going to allow them to help him and and to yeah work along along with him yeah you know i i just can't help it uh my immediate thoughts about predictions are ships oh, so <laughs> go for it i i think the yuki and the mizuha ship is very much alive mm-hmm. i felt like it was kind of not even existent really uh throughout this entire volume until that end point well i i was complaining about how i didn't understand why she was crying it's clear that that was impact like you know for whatever reason it was impactful for her and yuki kind of put himself in a good place in friendship and i could see that evolving into uh one that that is romantic now i don't know exactly what's happening with hana uh obviously hana is trying to make up with Mizaha, and she she's the first one to run to her at the end of this volume. So mm. there's still p- potential for that, I suppose. Yeah, it is rather it is rather complicated what was going on, especially what were Mizaha's actions, what were the Knocker's actions. Exactly. Um, yeah, and as I said earlier, like I'm, I'm excited to like for the next art to begin, so that we can actually get a, I guess, a clear view of Mizaha for kind of for the first time. Well, I. I I don't. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of talk between the two. Is like, okay, what what happened? <laughs> yeah. uh, and 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 you know what? Sometimes friendships don't have that, unless maybe you're a married couple, maybe. But sometimes friendships just go on, and they you just don't talk about it. Or if you do talk about it, it's you know on the offhand. You don't just sit down and say, "Okay, let's talk." It, it depends on the friendship, but I, I think especially with younger younger people it you know it just it just kind of naturally flows into hanging out again mm. versus having a big big moment or a talking moment but uh regardless i, I would like to see how their friendship is going uh and i expect it to be pretty solid uh like back or closer than ever um yeah and who knows what that could form into but i I'm not counting Yuki out. In fact, I, I am kind of more on the Yuki Mizuha ship because I, I, Yuki, as we both talked about, has grown in my opinion or in my opinion of him. Right. Um, I, I think there is a lot of merit to his character and I think he's going to bring more into this next arc that he ever has before. Yeah. Um, and part of that will be with Mizuha is what I'm, what I'm predicting. I think I'm also leading more so toward a Yugi Misa ship rather than a Hana Misa ship because I think that seems to maybe be a more mutual thing and and especially from Yuki's point of or well from his side of it well obviously he has been kind of obsessed with her this entire time and it's been very clear <laughs> <laughs> he's not hiding yeah. it at all no uh-uh. and I th- I think I can't remember exactly now but it was in the previous volume I believe Yuki said that his reason for going after Mizuha was to confess his feelings for her or something like that. Maybe not confess, but but something oh. about his feelings for her. And and uh, I I believe that Hana said that yeah, like I'm gonna help you do that or something like that. So it's all it, it's it feels like with that in mind. If if that is if I'm remembering this correctly, sadly this the, these volumes don't come out as frequently as I wish they would, but um. But then it kind of makes it sound like Hana is 
supporting, I guess, um, the Mizuha Yuki ship, which if that's the case, then yeah, I, I'm more on that ship. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, I, I could totally see her supporting that. I also wonder if if it goes the other way, if that's just her maybe not truly acknowledging her feelings. Or, could be. I, I don't know. Or just a personality thing. Like maybe right, she right, just, right. she is a bit more withdrawn and, and maybe not as vocal about how she feels and stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely could go either way, but yeah. Yeah. But there's another ship <laughs> that I'm going to talk about and it's the Fushi Tonari. I, yeah. I think because of what happens in this volume, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, uh, in terms of Mizaha and Fushi, I don't think it's going to happen because her going to paradise, having that vision, but not accepting it and continuing to live with her family, right. to me tells me that she's able to move on from the Hayase obsession with having Fushi's baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And just separating from that and being able to live her own life. Uh and, and not be obsessed with, with Bushi anymore. So I think it's just healthier that mm. that ship never happens. And what, then what else happens? Well, I, I guess Tonari's here, so we might as well. No, I, I, I think they <laughs> both have a, a strong chemistry yeah. with each other, and they all mean the world to him, but I think Tonari is, has become, out of, out of all the people, besides maybe Bone, I think the person he's the closest to. Uh, I agree. I mean, totally. And, I mean, we've been talking about the possibility of this ship ever since, I believe, Volume 6. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. The hints have been there ever since then. And it's, yeah. it's true. Yeah. So I'm, I'm absolutely with you there. But I have to comment on, on the thing you said about Misaha. Oh, because yes, sure. obviously, well, earlier in this, in this discussion here, we, we talked about the possibility of, or, or you, you brought up the possibility of that paradise vision of hers uh, representing kind of breaking the the reincarnation cycle of mm -hmm. Hayase's Phi. While that might not necessarily be the case. Yeah. Obviously we don't know <laughs> for <knows>? sure. <laughs> However, what might what, what what may be the case is what 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 you said about how the will of Hayase being broken after oh. all of these generations. Like maybe not the reincarnation itself, but the will. Like the will to reproduce with Fushi. But wasn't that the will that was actually reincarnating? Like, can you reincarnate without that will? I guess I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember what they said in the, when they mentioned the reincarnation. Because it could have sworn it was like having a strong will or you know, a strong feeling to reincarnate or something. I don't remember many details surrounding the reasons for why the re reincarnations occurs at it's all. It's been so, a while. Yeah. But, um, and I mean, I guess if, that, if there is a connection to that, then yeah, I guess it would break that as well. It would break the reincarnation too. But regardless, yeah. I hope you're onto something about the, the will or about, yeah, about Hayes' will being finally kind of broken here because, yeah. well, if it isn't, then yeah, Miseha is going to still be very troubled and she's going to post some kind of well she, she it's, there's going to be trouble like it's it's it, it, it would i guess essentially be kahaku all over again maybe sort of yeah i you know even with the knocker gone it's like wouldn't she still obsess over fushi 
maybe not as much, but I mean, if she still has Hayase's will, regardless of the knocker or not, yeah, she she would, yeah, she would be obsessing with over Fuji. So I hope that is gone. I hope it is broken. Yeah, I agree. I re- I really, I really hope that's what the at least what we can take from that paradise vision. Yeah. Um, besides that, she died. Mm. Now there is another way you could take that though. Is that she is this strengthens her goal to uh, have Fushi's child um, and make that paradise a reality? <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I don't think that's where the story is going. Um, although, if you had asked me a couple volumes ago, maybe I would have been a, been a little more conflicted. Hmm. Hmm. What is love, Fushi? What is love? <laughs> oh yeah. Whatever she says. That's right. I think that they will have a moment at one point. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure how it will go down. Maybe it'll be a rejection. Maybe it'll be just kind of a, hey, that was weird, huh? Or maybe they'll come to their own ideas of what, what love is um, without actually becoming a, a thing. But that's just my, my thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. But a big reason why I bring up all of this is that since we're talking about the future and i've mentioned this before but i want to keep mentioning is that i want fushi to become a father or 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 mother whatever i i want him mm. to have a child i want him to experience parenthood and have that be the next step um yeah although it does you know the whole beholder thing is quite quite troublesome so i don't know exactly if that's going to be in game but i, I still feel like that should be but 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 he he should have plenty of time before becoming like I guess a true beholder or well okay well he only has four he, years yeah I, but I mean before he becomes I guess exactly I guess as the beholder was uh, true. at the beginning of the story true. he can still remain somewhat human like probably and have a family I I reckon. Um, so I, I don't think we're going to get... like I, I'm with you in hoping that he will get to experience the, something like that at some point, but I don't think the uh-huh. next arc is going to deal with that. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. That, that's fair. If anything, it would deal with, like, maybe courtship <laughs> of potential partner, you know? Definitely. I definitely could see it going more in that direction. Because I feel like... Either at the either early on in the coming arc or right before it, like between this and, and the next volume. Either way, sometime very very soon, there's going to be like a time skip of four or so years, mm-hmm. and that way all of our characters are going to be aged up a little bit, like Tonari and Mizuha, Yuki, Hana, and all of them, mm-hmm. and they're going to be more at an age where there's going to be more stuff like that, I guess. Uh, or at least wow, wow, the possibilities uh, sorry. for them. <laughs> um, and and obviously, Fushi's full, well, him taking over after the Beholder and the Beholder fully becoming Satoru properly. I think, mm-hmm. I think honestly, uh, I believe we're going to see that as, as soon as the next volume. Uh, like, we're going to see that happen with Satoru. Mm. Wow. And so that basically the entire or the the majority of the following arc is going to deal with Fushi's, well, at least partially going to deal with Fushi in this new role, kind of, and not having the beholder to rely on whatsoever. I think that's going to be basically 
all of the next arc. And, and combining that, I suppose, with adolescence, uh, teenage um, drama, maybe. Um, <laughs> or, or like high school stuff. Uh, uh-huh. Whatever comes with that type of life. As well as the return of the knockers now that the beholder is gone. Like, I think that's basically going to be it. Yeah. Gosh, I wonder how, in what way they'll return. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be similar. Will there be a future evolution of the knockers again? I don't know. Exactly. Right. I, I wouldn't be surprised because they have been, yeah, they, they've proven themselves to be masterful adapters. Do you have anything else you want to say before we end the episode here? I'm really looking forward to what's in store next. Although I don't know if I'm as like, oh, I need the next volume right now. Like I was previously with that cliffhanger. Oh my gosh, that cliffhanger. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that was a very good cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, I was like, where's the rest of it? Like, come on. <laughs> but I, I am still excited to read for sure. Yes, absolutely. I'm so stoked for the next arc. Really, really can't wait to see what it's got in store for us. But with all of that said... If you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by rating our show on the podcast platforms and subscribing to our channel, Umami Manga, on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Volume 19. Bye-bye! See you later! Who's back? It's Petter! Yay! <laughs> I should do like this little shimmy dance. Like... <laughs> it felt like something like that. <laughs> um. <laughs> Come on down.